Welcome back. Uh, we are here with episode two of TLGR, Two Lefties Get It Right. You're, you're listening to your host, Cameron. What's up? I'm Griffin. Here, back again. <laughs> been a great week. Bush, how you been? Uh, I've been good. How are you? Not too shabby. It's been a, been a, uh, been a very exciting week, very, uh, very eventful week for many different topics, especially in the political world. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very busy in, uh, over here in the TLGR office because we definitely have an office. If anybody tells you otherwise, they're lying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, definitely not us just texting or DMing each other. Yeah. That. Definitely. We uh, uh, we uh, also have a big week coming up. Um, tomorrow is obviously the State of the Union, which I don't know. Uh, obviously, so he re- Biden released his agenda of what he's going to talk about tomorrow. But I, <laughs> after I brought it up last week, I genuinely think he could like end it by saying. And with this, I am running for the 2024 nomination. I genuinely think he could do that. I, you know, as much as I would love to see him do that, because content, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's got like the theatrics in him to pull that off. But hey, you never know. Hey, Jack, I'm running for president, whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be. I, I really hope he uh, says he's running just so I can listen to all of the conservatives cry for a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow should be a decent speech. Um, I saw him post uh, like what his like po- like talking points are. <laughs> Even like his like little like uh, prompter because he has like written down a piece of paper on the post. It literally says "hold for applause" between every single introduction. That is the most obnoxious part of listening to the State of the Union. Yep. The address itself could take probably 25, 30 minutes tops if there weren't so many like applause breaks. Like genuinely, just hold it for the end or the big picture stuff like the blah blah blah. God bless USA shit. Like that, that's okay. But the rest, for every introduction, for every award, no. Yeah, it is brutal. It is tough to watch. Yeah. Well, so that's the future stuff. Let's worry. Let's uh, let's talk about what's happened in the last week. We have uh, some uh, breaking news as of last night. Some very horrific events. Uh, I'm gonna pass it off to our local rock expert, Griffin, to a little breakdown of what's going on in Turkey right now. Yeah. So I'm, sh- I'm not sure if you guys have seen or not, but. Uh... You know, last night into very early this morning, there was a 7.8 magnitude earthquake in Turkey. There was actually two of them. Uh, the maximum magnitude was 7.8, which, if you're unfamiliar, is it's very big. Uh, it's the largest in Turkey since 1939, and this is city-leveling stuff. Uh, the, uh, the casualty count right now is more than 2,400 dead and uh, 11,700 injured. Yeah. Uh, the epicenter was near... Istanbul for the the largest one and a couple mm. other very major cities. Uh, I could I remember I read an article this morning. There was a soccer team staying in their hotel after their game, and at least four players in that team are confirmed dead, uh, oh, buried in the rubble. Terrible. So it's some some horrible things to see. Uh, you know, uh, if you are capable, support those humanitarian efforts. Obviously, we'll see mm. more of this comes out. It's a very very new story, but um, obviously our hearts go out to the people uh, in these cities and uh, wish them the best. Uh, I, I'm a little unfamiliar with the. You might be a little bit more being the geology guy, but is the Richter scale? What does it go up to? Do you know? Is it like ten? Yeah, it goes up to ten. Okay, so yeah, uh, eight, an er- an earthquake an eight, that's pretty heavy. of this size is very rare, unprecedented, and uh, incredibly devastating. If you guys can take the time to, you know, Google a couple pictures, it reduces the city to rubble very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. that's- that is absolutely brutal. Um, I saw that last night. Cause at last night, when I first saw the thing, it popped up. It was only 1,100. It wasn't even like close to the 2,500 mark that's at right now. So it's gotten a lot worse even in the last day. Cause I, from what I from what I saw, there was like the, the initial one, which was the 1,100, and then there was like a second shock, like the aftershock killed even more. Yeah. So you'll see that a lot with these kind, especially. So this was a strike slip earthquake, which that's the kind of fault that occurs on. Mm. And so they're usually you're going to see a. a like a smaller the initial earthquake itself is going to be a smaller tremor and then that first if you want to call it an aftershock some people call it the actual you'll feel smaller waves which some people call the initial earthquake then that at what you will call the aftershock is really what's going to do that kind of damage everything's a little unsteady and this it's called soil liquidification the soil will get nice and soft from that and everything will just creak foundations a little bit and then these really heavy earthquakes come in and mess stuff up um, so and the duration of this one was about 75 seconds. Ugh, 75 uh, seconds for 2,500 dead, that's crazy. Yeah, so, and I, I, my guess is that number will go up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so much rubble. There's so many people, they don't even know how many people are missing. 
Exactly. I think I think like, as of this morning, it was confirmed at least 300 were like unlike gettable right now. Like there there were still pins. Like they knew they were alive, but they can't get to them right now, nope. or something like that. Um, and for everyone that is as uh, stupid as I am and doesn't know any of the geology terms you just broke down, is like the fault line. Is that like the same kind of ones that happen to like California stuff like that? Uh, some of them. There's a lot of fault lines over there. Mm-hmm. Some of them are strike slip. Strike slip's a more common one, especially when you see these uh, larger earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the fault lines over there. I don't. I don't that's not really my uh, area of expertise, but I know a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, they're usually. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I guess I don't know if this is a major fault line or not in Turkey. I know that not too long ago, less than 20, 30 years ago, there was a very large earthquake in Istanbul. Um, that did a lot of damage, not quite as powerful as this one. But yeah, these, I mean, these strike slip faults exist all over the place. They're not just on, uh, you know, tectonic plate boundaries. They're all over the place. Uh, most of them are okay. harmless. You won't even feel, like, earthquakes happen all the time. You just, mm. they're never yeah, strong yeah, enough exactly. for you to feel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I believe I heard somewhere, now this could be 100% like science fiction, whatever you want to hear. It's actually safer to be underground during an earthquake than above ground. Is that correct? Do you know about that? Um, like if you're in like a I guess tunnel, it kind of you depends. actually. I think I think Elon said it on the Joe Rogan Experience, something like that, when he was doing uh, the Boring Company or something like that. There, there's definitely possibility that uh, when you see an earthquake, the the death and the the destruction, like the death and the casualties, are going to come from falling debris and crumbling mm-hmm. buildings. So if your tunnel is structurally sound enough i guess to um survive these and it depends on how deep it is because there's different kind of waves that come out when an earthquake comes there's three different kinds and it's the s waves or the surface waves that Mm -hmm. are really the ones that cause damage and so if your tunnel's deep enough that you're not getting the brunt of these s waves you could i could definitely be very survivable Hmm. interesting well i guess you guys you learn something new every day then all right so i guess we can um move on to a uh a significantly less tragic topic yet still filled with some uh, not greatness uh, across like in the more political world of, of things. Uh, earlier this week, I believe it was on Wednesday, Thursday maybe, um, Ilhan Omar, a representative from our home state of Minnesota, um, she was kicked out of the it's uh, Foreign Affairs Committee, isn't it, Quick? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, so the Foreign Affairs Committee, she was kicked off it largely symbolically almost entirely symbolically actually because she's not like policy wise she's very obviously in the progressive caucus but when it comes down to like voting she'll just vote with what like what the actual democrats do i think she joined she actually i think she actually left the aoc vote when it came to the military budget this year i think she actually voted with the democrats i think she did as well she gets a lot of flack for claiming to be progressive and then voting establishment on a lot of things yep yep so basically um since the Republican majority of taking over the House in the midterms, um, they had this promise in 2018 when the Democrats took over that the next time we have majority, we will kick X, Y, and Z off of these committees. And I think the Foreign Affairs one specifically was because of it was a name that I didn't recognize, but because he got, he got kicked off, but they were like basically revenge right back at Omar, and um, she's being she's been targeted repeatedly in the House. Um, by getting kicked off of various committees and getting certain caps uh, thrown at her because uh, she is a uh, Muslim woman, Muslim woman. And uh, obviously it's a very white evangelical body and the uh, notion, the, the xenophobia and the Islamophobia still rages very deeply in this country, especially within the Republican caucus. Well, the Democrats too, but especially within, within the Republican caucus. And, uh, this is just another attack based off of, like religion and being a minority, especially a woman of color in Congress, and just kicking her off for basically no reason. Yeah, and so the justification they give for kicking her off is quote-unquote anti-Semitic remarks, and I hope I don't need to explain this to all of you that anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism are not the same thing, that you mm-hmm. can criticize the apartheid state of Israel without being an anti-Semite. Uh, just like you can criticize America without being anti-Christian, it's a very similar thing. So, criticizing the state of Israel is not criticizing Judaism in any regard. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely it's uh people about politics and the same way it goes with hate. Um, she is very critical of the the state of Israel and the the genocide that's happening against against Palestinians, um, especially along the Gaza Strip, and which is a very fair criticism to have. I definitely uh, don't support Netanyahu's or any other president's uh, effort to remove Palestinians from their house. Absolutely not. Um, so because of that, she's being kicked off of uh, these these panels and these committees because Israel is obviously a very strong ally with the United States because it wouldn't even exist without the United States intervention and basically propping them up as like our uh, little cousin. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, this so is a fun fact that. I found um, out. Um, I, our, I fully expect our, it to continue. Yeah, our, oh, uh, yeah. our ahead, resident sorry. free speech absolutist, our resident free speech absolutist, the Republicans, it's a fun fact I found out the other day. Did you know in 35 U.S. states there are laws that state public servants, so this is mostly teachers, but other, some other government mm-hmm. officials cannot protest Israel in public? It is illegal for them to do so? That's absolutely crazy. And, yeah, I guarantee you. 35 uh, states. Yeah. What are so? There's 26 states that identify themselves as Republican states. What are the What are the nine that go the other way? Do you know? I uh, I didn't uh, take the time to look at, at the states. Uh, this was something I read mm. this morning. That, um, yeah, that's, that's actually I, I mean, that's, that's actually crazy. I, but I googled it, thought, and like, it's anything. I googled the Texas provision because Texas is one of the states, and I googled it, mm. and it, it is Texas law. That's actually not. I just it, maybe maybe you can answer me this. Is it just because they're like a little mini me to us? But why are we so cucked by Israel? Like, why do we just do whatever they want? From my understanding, after World War II and after the, the state of Israel was founded, um, we saw this as a great opportunity to expand our already blossoming Middle Eastern uh, empire. And uh, obviously oil provisions were part of that. But it's also a huge part of the American voting base identifies as Christian. And you talk about 50s and 60s, you're talking about Eisenhower, Nixon, stuff like and Kennedy. Um, all of these bases realized that the Christian vote, especially the evangelical vote, which was coming up extremely fast, it was one of the most pre- prevalent uh, electorates of that time. Um, uh, Je- the, the life of Jesus Christ revolves around Israel. It was uh, born in Bethlehem and uh, stuff like that. So that's why it was such like if we protect if we protect that and we basically get everyone that's non-Jewish uh, like out of this area that will trigger the rapture during like Christianity. So we've basically just established this as our own mini theocracy and have rules over that like that. As far as I'm aware. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I've been reading a lot about like APAC and these, you know, these huge lobbying firms that are in resounding support for Israel. Basically it's Israel lobbying the United States to continue to fund Israel Mm. And ignore their genocide. Uh, it's uh, it's just it confuses me that I the, just the universal like resounding support amongst American lawmakers for Israel, a country that has really done nothing for us in any way, and mm. we're just like so ride or die for them. Yeah, the the only policy that I can actually think of that Israel like it doesn't it doesn't even really matter. The only thing that I can really think of is that they consistently vote with us when it comes to UN votes, especially uh, uh, the one I can think of especially is the sanction on Cuba. <laughs> the latest sanction vote on Cuba to maintain the sanctions the U.S. have had since the 60s, there were only two states within the UN that voted for them. Every single other one voted against them. And the two states were the United States and Israel. And guess what? They're still there because we control the Security Council. Yep. I love it here. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and speaking up here, let's uh, let's get to the big story of well, I, let's let's go with I have one more, and then we'll go to the big big story of this week. Um, so Tyree Nichols' uh, funeral was this week, and uh, uh, Kamala Harris was there and gave a very moving speech about the importance of race and the discrimination of uh, cops against uh, minorities. Do you think that this actually will have any effect going forward, or is it just more? 
uh, grandstanding. No, it's absolutely symbolic. I think uh, that that kind of what the systemic and legislative and cultural change that would need to occur at, at such a mass and like widespread level in our country before any noticeable change is going to happen is it's not going to come from a, a Kamala Harris, somebody who's resoundingly disliked mm. by I mean both parties in the country. I'm actually not sure what her exact approval rating is. I'm going to pull it up. I, they uh, can't be good. Approval uh, rating. But, I, I mean, I, we saw this week a, a few more police officers were arrested in connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some uh, paramedics, I believe, too, were discharged. Uh, I believe. And uh, I think something that's really disappointed me is, you know, us being from the Minneapolis area, we've watched a city that we've lived so close to for mm-hmm. so many years burned to the ground after the, the murder of George Floyd. Uh, and we're not seeing that same response. And I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, because obviously, you know, that kind of violence and destruction is never what you want to see. But I'm I am disappointed and frustrated at the lack of protests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's been some some stuff going on in Memphis, but definitely not to the level of uh, the summer of 2020 that what we saw uh, go, transpire during those months. But yeah, it's very minor scale in comparison. Yeah. And I did pull it up. She currently, so when, during uh, at inauguration, she had an approval rating of 47 um, it is now a approval rating of forty percent, with fifty-three percent across both party lines viewing her as unfavorable. No, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I thought it would be higher as well. I agree. Yeah. She equal. Uh, it actually shows like the uh, timeline of news events on this. I'm using uh, the LA Times, and actually the, the equinox where the lines cross, where the favorable goes under the unfavorable, was during that clip of her saying, uh, "Do not come." Was like that date. That's kind of funny yeah that meme became her like downfall right do then. not come do not come i'm gonna come i'm gonna come there you go <laughs> yeah okay I, I, going back to these uh protests i kind of lost my my train of thought oh it's mm-hmm. this idea it's like we still see this idea perpetuated of cops as white versus black instead of system versus minority Mm-hmm. Where it's like you, you see all these people outraged that a white police officer killed a black man, but we're not as outraged seeing black officers kill a black man. And it's it's this I you know this whole forgetting of the like the, the violent crime in general. And I, this is this is a Hassan take, and I'll repeat it because I think it's very true. Is cop your race is cop. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a cop, you're not white, you're not black, you're not Asian. You're you're a cop, and you uphold the system that actively works to oppress minorities. Well, it's also the fact too. It's um, cops are considered uh, class traitors too in the in like the Marxian pr- perspective. Oh, absolutely. Of it, because they're they're just like tools of the bourgeoisie against the proletariat, especially I mean, like proletariat of color. Yeah. If you look at the history of law enforcement in the United States of America, it comes into play. You know, after the I mean, it was standing army for the longest time, and you know, mm-hmm. we Americans don't like standing armor, rightfully so. Uh, even though you could argue, make the argument that city police departments are a standing army, and I will make that argument. I mean, they fly their own flag. Yeah. Uh, and so this, like, the history of law enforcement comes into place in the United States as literally a means to protect capital. I mean, it's mm. to protect businesses. It's to protect your your wealth, your resources. That's how it originated, basically, is these private security guards, and then they became institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only grown from there, and we, that's still their purpose. I mean, cops do not stop crimes. It's very rare that a cop stops a crime. They solve them after the fact. If somebody's holding you up at gunpoint, a cop is not going to appear and save you. Well, it's also the fact, too, like, just, like, an extreme example, but you never hear of, like, white-collar crime ever being, like, um, accidentally shot in the line of, like, in the line of duty, or, like, whatever like that, or being, like, responded to one of those calls, or, um, let's say they're sitting at their, their office, like, these, these 50-story high-rise in New York, like, the Upper East Side. They're not going to send in a SWAT team for that but they're going to send in a SWAT team for this one suspected black person because they've done this, like, because they're alleged of this one crime, or they have three cops pull over a guy because his taillight's out. Like, there's going to be one, maybe two officers that arrest this white-collar crime versus a arguably, like, just more minor, like, mundane crime, but if it's a black versus white or low-class versus high-class, it's just it's two different worlds. Absolutely. And I've had some friends and family members of mine who are active and former police officers I, I like almost brag about their 
over policing and how much rougher they are. And uh, literally, like, I, I have a, a, I'm not gonna, you know, say anything about them. Mm. Who described to me his time as a police officer and how he would they'd go into these black neighborhoods and they'd like see people walking and they'd pull him over because like oh yeah he like this this neighborhood he's gonna have a felony like out for him he's gonna have a warrant out for him or he's gonna be on drugs or something and they'd rough him up and like like basically actively describing all these stereotypes these things that you know people say cops do but like others would be like oh no they don't actually do that it's only a few he's like actively describing how their entire department would engage in that and i'm sitting there like and he's almost like bragging to me about this and i was upset and like shocked like that somebody was okay with this and proud of it yeah that's uh, disgusting just to hear well i guess we might as well move on to a more upbeat story literally up in the sky let's yeah, talk uh, about the big the big news story of the week uh so china our defense <laughs> china had a balloon that flew over american airspace um throughout the throughout the week throughout the continental u.s was first spotted over billing and, well, it was first reported on. I guess it was probably spotted by radar and stuff long uh, before that. I believe they spotted it as soon as it entered Alaska, and they were tracking it the whole way down through Canada into Montana. Mm-hmm. So it was first, but it was first reported on in Billings, and then it was basically followed on throughout the coast of the United States. Um, fun fact: my poli sci uh, TA, she's from North Carolina, and her parents actually got a pretty good picture of it over their house, kind of thing. So I mean, that was kind of cool to see that. But and then as soon as it got off the coast of the Carolinas over the Atlantic Ocean. It was immediately intercepted by F-22s and shot down on order of, on the order of President Biden. Um, <laughs> so that was something that happened. Does not... As, as jokingly as it sounds, <laughs> this did actually happen. Like, it, like, there was a balloon that floated over the United States and then was shot down by missiles. And it wasn't just a balloon. It was a really, really big balloon. I, I want to say, yeah, was, uh, like, 200 feet tall. <laughs> it was, I, I think it was also it was even, a like, big the balloon. width of, like, three buses or something. Yeah, it, it was it's... clearly visible from the ground. And, uh, carrying um, some sort so, of equipment. And we, we have to preface this, too. Uh, so, obviously, the U.S. is going full on. It, oh, it was, spy, it was spy stuff. There was, uh, like, obviously, surveillance equipment on it and everything like that to ramp up the anti-China propaganda and stuff like that, and China has announced that it was just a weather balloon that floated off, like, course. I don't know exactly which one to believe. I I lean more towards the fact of the weather balloon theory because China is already clearly spying on the United States. Like, we spy on everyone else, they spy on us, kind of a thing. They're not going to be that bad at it. Like, let's, let's, let's launch this yeah, very I, clear like... balloon. Yeah, China has... Well, first of all, they have TikTok. Let's be honest. They they, they do um, they do have TikTok. We're all addicted, except for except for Cameron, who has who has avoided. Except for me, never had it. I've uh, never had it. Yes, I mean they have TikTok, and, and China has satellites. What this, this balloon was gaining nothing that an, a low orbit satellite could not have already gained without us knowing about. It's, it's yeah, this exactly. idea that China's using this to spy on us is China China's smarter than that. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're one and of the. It, they're one of the techno hubs of the world. My theory. My theory. Yeah, my theory is. It, I mean, it might have been some sort of spy balloon. Who knows? I. If the American government was legitimately concerned about this balloon, it never would have reached American soil because there's no mm-hmm. way we didn't detect it. We spent a gajillion dollars on fucking air defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, we uh, the U.S. Air Force has the largest air force in the world, followed by the U.S. Navy, which has the second largest air force in the world. So. Don't tell me we couldn't shoot it down. And I get the, oh, you know, it was, wait till it wasn't over United States soil. But we tracked that motherfucker through northern Canada. You could have shot that hoe down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could have shot it down over Alaska. And I it's also believe they wouldn't tell us about it. Oh, yeah, it, it would never, it would never have like made the news. Yeah, they, they would not have wanted us to know about that America's air defense could get breached by a balloon. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. hey, congratulations, the average taxpayer spends thousands of dollars every year just to just to fund air defense wait a minute a balloon got in they got us i mean it's just clash of clans tactics at its finest they put some bombs on that it's over <laughs> that's how you beat america guys it's over communism will reign supreme yeah we, we they, they got them balloons the the so the very much so communist china uh has a balloon 
Because, I, uh, so I haven't I haven't pulled up on the times right here. I have the balloon incident. The, the Harris incident is the biggest on the on the screen right now. And then it has the balloon, and then it has like this uh, Washington memo underneath it, it says a foreign spycraft superpowers on edge. But it was 1969, not 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 2023. And it's basically talking about like how superior technology for spyware was back then versus now like we had the u2 spy plan and stuff like that you don't think that we've gotten better at that you think we've gotten worse like yeah exactly like, we had we, we had planes that couldn't get detected on radar at the height of the cold war and here we are half a century later and we're using balloons yeah I, I, i'm sorry i don't from think the so. ground yeah that, I, I don't think so yeah it's 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 frankly it's a little i mean their whole ploy of you know, the, I, I've seen the argument of, oh, they're gonna, of course they're going to say it's a weather balloon and hope that America would believe that it was a weather balloon and wouldn't shoot it down. But, like, I, they have satellites. Like, they're mm-hmm. gaining no new information from this. They also own at least 60% of Gen Z's phones right now. Yeah, including Any my information own. that you have on your phone right now, it belongs to China. You have I, TikTok. You have that. My favorite part of, like, the coverage and the response to it was them like directly releasing like yeah it was over this airbase which houses our nuclear missile silos <laughs> i'm like well you're just you just told them what they wanted you like, just gave the game this was away all part of their master plan <laughs> they didn't even have to do where this was you know what this was it this was china's master plan they and there was no equipment on that balloon it was just a big no, black just... block and they were going to trick us into telling them <laughs> no it, it just makes it makes the united states look like even more of an international joke than we already are especially it's to like, china arguably our biggest economic rival for the next like the next 45 years it's like, just like come on america we have one we got thing beat by a military balloon. A we balloon. have one thing in this fucking world and it's our huge military budget and we got sauced by a balloon it was like yeah they had some it had some equipment underneath it i read that it could, ha- it could and it was also like so obviously the conservative sphere was like well, well you should have shot it down right away trump uh, trump truth didn't tweet truth he truthed it, and he was like, I would have shot it down before it even got anywhere. Okay? Go with it. If, you, if this is what you want to really make the culture war about, a balloon, you do you, man. You do you. Like, it's like, I've seen this, like, obviously they're going to use it to their advantage to stoke the flames of China, because it's a military-industrial complex. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't see a circumstance where China benefits from a war with the United States. Uh, like I guess maybe their industrial complex, military industrial complex, runs just as rampant as ours. Who knows? It's not subsidized nearly as much. I mean, they don't even have a quarter of our budget. But I mean, yeah, they still get quite a bit of money out of it. Yeah, but I can't see that to like the point where they're like, like, why do they want to provoke a war with the United States? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we would do it obviously because you know the military industrial complex runs our country. Mm-hmm. I just I don't yeah it's, it's, it's there's not nothing really adds up. Like there's all these theories about it and none of it really like if beyond 30 seconds of thought it's like well why just literally literally why <laughs> we um oh i just i just forgot what i was gonna say but all all this is it's just perpetuating this idea the united states needs at all times an enemy it needs the people to go to sleep afraid of what's gonna happen because of this country the longest time so obviously world war world war one and two you have austria of germany World War II, you have Germany. Up and after that, wait a minute, we just built, we just got out of the Great Depression because we have this war economy, so we need to keep like the, the flames going, right? And we're like, well, we need an enemy. Well, there's only one other superpower in the world right now. Let's make it the Soviet Union. So we have the Soviet Union, blah, 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 the communist, make, every, make everything anti-communist as possible because that's what they claim to use as their economic system. Let's make this as, as this evil satanic spawn. So let's feed, 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 more and more money to the propaganda machine, anti-Russia for everything. Even though they were the ones that helped us beat the Nazis, let's make them immediately the enemy the day after the war. After that, you have a little after the after the fall of the Soviet Union in the eighties. Oh, I guess we have a little. We'll give we'll give ourselves ten years to like figure out what's going on. Next. But we have this money. We need to start bumping more up. Oh, nine eleven happens. Now we have, and now the propagandists are even smarter. Like, let's not pick one country. Let's pick terrorism as our enemy because then we can say well there's terrorism over here there's terrorism over there we can just keep building and building and building and resupplying and basically just go to war with the rest of the world because terrorism and now it's been china and russia again back to the communism yeah and you know like we've seen russia absolutely getting exposed by ukraine 
Mm-hmm. So people don't really see Russia as that scary of a threat beyond their nuclear capabilities, and people still think they're bluffing with that. So you got to pick somebody who's a little more serious, like China. I was tempted to send you this video I saw yesterday. Um, I was in the library, I was just watching this forever. It was, what would World War Three look like? It was the most Ameri- Amero-centric video I had ever seen. <laughs> it made China and Russia look like these absolute, like, this is where Satan goes on vacation kind of thing. And no matter what, they would be the ones to cause it, not us or not any, not any of our allies, of course. It would be one of these two countries that don't get along with NATO and don't get along with the Western idea of what has to be. It has to be one of these two. And it was just talking, like, but, uh, and it made the audacity to say that U.S. military budget has gone down. because, like, It was like, well, when you compare it to the yen, they actually almost spend just about as much as we do. I was like, yeah, I've never yen. heard that. I've never <laughs> heard that argument before, ever. Like, what are you saying? Like, they've been going up by, like, it's like uh, 3% every year annually. And the United States is actually going down about 6%. I'm like, excuse me? We just rose by over 100 more billion dollars. What are you saying? Yeah, we uh, are. We have like more than double. Whoever's second. It's 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 the next like thirty nations combined, and like twenty eight yeah. of them are allies. Yeah, exactly. We uh, have more military than yeah the next thirty biggest countries combined. Mm-hmm. This is this and, is yeah. just so if this truly was a threat as Bush, as Bush as you guys as we talked about it would never would have made the news. But the reason it does is because as we're getting closer and closer, because, like, the, the uh, China's 2049 plan, like, to become, like, the hegemonic, like, global superpower or whatever like that, and have the yen replace the USD on the international market, we need to start manufacturing consent with war, like, on war for, with China. We basically need to, like, convince the masses that whatever they do is bad, so when they do something, it's bad, and we can, like, attack them or do whatever we need to do because if you're not supporting us, you're supporting the enemy. You need to make them feel like them feel scared and angry. Because fear is crippling, but anger is motivating. So you need to make China the absolute most evil thing in the world. And everything they do, it could be a humanitarian effort. It could be saving the whales. It could be whatever it is. They have to be absolutely evil. Because if we see them as less than human, way easier to go to war. Well, I mean, we already see them as... I mean, I. What are the odds we do this on like the Liberation Front? If we need to free them from the communist regime. Oh yeah. You know, they're well, all brainwashed. It's, it's like the Taiwan argument too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I Out am pro Taiwanese sovereignty because you know, mm-hmm. sovereign nations are sovereign nations. Exactly. But I mean, that's but, gonna yeah. that that is how the war is gonna start. It's gonna be over Taiwan. See, personally, I think if the if and when there would be a, a, a third world war. I think it would be more about, um, I think it'd be more about Israel. Um, or yeah, but uh, does anybody really back Palestine? You'd be surprised. There's, like uh, Russia identifies a lot of Islamic people, and they definitely see that as like a spiritual ground too. Um, yeah, obviously China has a huge has a huge Muslim population. Yeah, but they genocide their Muslims. They do. That's true. But the U.S. backs the Israel side. China against the U.S. That's where I would see probably the most likely to start. My roommates, obviously, being from India, they have a little bit of bias. But they think if it's anything going to be, it's going to be the India-Pakistan, which is also yeah. likely. It's it's. It, I think it'll be um, Taiwan is my number one. It's just because I think yeah, if because if China moves to Taiwan, the U.S. is going to respond. Mm. If the U.S. is just going to keep poking the bear there on Taiwan until China does something. Mm-hmm. I could see the Israel almost becoming like Cold War proxy war, almost like Israel Palestine. Like they'll start China mm-hmm. and Russia will start pumping money into Palestine just to spite America. Yeah, that's fair. Or uh, I think another one is Iran. Iran is very, very likely to. Um, obviously, we've destabilized that nation for the last almost a hundred years at this point. Uh, they don't exactly look fond on the Western devil, especially when we continue to invade and bomb them. And then, obviously, they have some, not ties with, the, like, former Soviet Union, but, like, they're definitely more friendly with them, even though they, like, they beat them, but, like, they know they can do it again if they need to kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, so, beyond the World War Three fiction, we want to get back to this more light, fun stuff. Um, obviously, I'm more of an optimist than you are. I think I don't think there's any, many people that know both of us that would disagree with that. Yeah. Um, 
So, um, I po- so obviously last week was the day after we recorded. Um, the George Santos front. <laughs> he, ha- he has rec- he has recused himself from all committees um, because of quote unquote ethical uh, problems. So, like, wh- what do you make of that? Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, I I love George Santos. And I, uh, you know, completely ironically, of course, I think he's hilarious. Um, right, right. I think it's hilarious that he got a nomination. I think it's hilarious he got elected. Uh, and I honestly, I wanted to write, like, I hope they don't remove him. I hope he fucking rides it out. I think it's great. Put him on all the committees. Let's go. He's your, uh, he's your ticket for the 24 Republican nomination. Uh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to register as Republican just so I can vote for him. He's such a goober. He's a goober. I I, I guess I don't know for sure. Has it come out that he's like, is he actually straight or is he actually gay? He's definitely straight. Because he was married to a woman before, right? He is definitely straight, but he was also a drag queen, so... Right, right. But but that's not grooming, because it was a Republican. That's not grooming, because he did it, and he's a Republican. And he's not gay, so it's not... It's not grooming, trust me, guys, it's not... I've never heard the Republican caucus, especially in the House, sound more woke than, like, in the last couple weeks when it comes with it. Because any attack on George Santos' person, they claim is homophobia or um, uh, xenophobia, because he's, like, descended from immigrants or something oh, like that. so funny. I've never, I've never heard Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene use the word homophobia before up until this whole George Santos thing. I, I, I think, yeah, it's <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's a good one, too, because, I mean... We want to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and you want to talk about anti-Semitic comments in Congress. Jewish, Jewish space, space lasers. lasers. But no, but she could sit on the Foreign Affairs Committee. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets all of her good committees, but uh, hey, I think Israel's kind of fucked up that they're genociding the Palestinians. Absolutely not. How dare you nope, fucking out. get out of my country? <laughs> you're an immigrant. Get out! <laughs> Did you, um, uh, she is, uh... So obviously Hassan posted about too how she's sleeping with Kevin McCarthy, yeah. but, na- but now he's moved on to cinema. McCarthy and yep. cinema have been be- having meetings yep. the last couple weeks. And she's pissed. Yeah, she's she's getting cheated on, yeah. but she can go back to Donnie, so it's okay. Yeah, Donnie, her and Donnie definitely fucked. <laughs> you can't convince me they didn't. Well, her and Gates did. They got caught. Oh yeah, I forgot I re- about that. I remember an, an article about that. Like they literally got caught having an affair. But remember, That's they're so they're pro family. They're pro marriage between a man and a woman. Yeah, we gotta protect. Uh, yeah. We gotta protect marriage. Mm-hmm. They're su- they're such gr- uh, great religious people until marriage the adultery comes between around. Between one man and one woman, and as many other fucking people I want to have an affair with. That's the way God intended it. <laughs> well, it was also the same way. Do you remember uh, Madison Hawthorne, their congressman, that, or the congress uh, congressman that was in a wheelchair? Yeah. Like how he was like the most like homophobic one in Congress until he was found out he was having like gay orgies. Yeah, he was having gay sex. The the more you try to hide it, yeah. it's just gonna it, it's just the makes it way well, more obvious that you're it, doing it, my guy. It rains so true, like even now, like you see like all the bros who are like, nah, dude, that's gay. Oh, I'm not gay, oh, are so fucking closeted gays. Exactly. They're exactly. all gay. They've they've been they've been brought up in a society that isn't that isn't conducive, like obviously the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy isn't isn't conducive to other like lifestyle choices so you have to reinforce your like uh homogenistic like rule like you have to be the straight white person like no matter what like that that's okay if i have any other feelings absolutely not i don't know yeah. if uh yeah bush have you, have you watched the last of us show i have not you played the game right uh i have not played it but i've watched most of it through okay so i don't know if you heard anything about episode three uh, is that the one with week. the gay relationship? Yes, yes. The whole yeah. so the whole thing is this like very beautiful, very moving uh, gay relationship in this post-apocalyptic world. But the the guy that's it's basically a post-apocalyptic Ron Swanson, like <laughs> and it's the same guy. Like it's this, uh, Nelson. I can't remember what his name is, but whatever. It's a post-apocalyptic Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, and he's this doomsday prepper, and he's got like the um, "Don't tread on me" flag, like the "Join or Die" stuff. He's got guns who all up and around up and around him and he is like he meets this guy and they fall in love but he like at first he can't admit it to himself because like he's been raised in this way like he has these very conservative obviously pro second amendment all this stuff kind of beliefs but you have to hide yourself because that's not who i'm supposed to be like that's not who i'm portrayed as in media that's not who i'm portrayed as in the news i saw a uh, 
like, a very homophobic uh, post about that, saying, like, I mean, I wasn't, like, intentionally homophobic, but it was definitely, like, rooted in this, you know, internalized homophobia in this country of somebody talking about how, like, they're like, yeah, this show's been great, but I just thought this was so, like, this, this episode was so weird and, like, uncomfortable referring to that relationship. And, and somebody responds, like, so the story about a, a mutated fungus taking over and turning people into these horrible deformed zombies is fine, but the second that there's two gay guys, oh, hell no. Well, that was that was basically the Shapiro take. He yeah. said, like, shot beautifully, edited, the music was so great, but there were gay people in it. How can I like that? Yeah, I just, I can't like the game. Um, another uh, GOP thing. Um, so, re- earlier this week, I think it was last, like, Wednesday or something like that, they announced their uh, their strategies for the twenty four election season. Their primary like m- like their primary like culture war issue is going to be the education. Yeah, CRT. It's, yeah, make sure CRT is absolutely nowhere there. Um, make sure everyone doesn't know what it means, especially people that are preaching about it the loudest. And basically, whatever you do, they're trying to indoctrinate your kids. They're trying to turn them gay. They're trying to make them trans. And so that's going to be. Prepare to hear a lot about that culture, culture war wise in the next. Yeah, yeah I, my favorite months. take is that CRT is racist. Yeah, well, it's, it's also <laughs> it's, it's so such funny. a niche study. It's it's a grad school, uh, like study, and it's very it's like very few people even like like focus on it at all. Like there's like I think like a handful of specialists in the entire country, but someone heard that phrase, they heard that America's racist, and they were like, let's absolutely destroy it. Like, like DeSantis yeah. literally nobody, banned it in Florida. It wasn't taught church. in Florida. Yeah. And nobody's out here, like, teaching, like, high-level, fucking graduate-level race theory to kindergartners and elementary school kids. It's, you're, we're, it's just we're actually going to learn black history beyond just they were slaves and they did a civil rights. Speaking of which, happy Black, happy black History Month, a.k.a. Happy the 28 yes. days of where... Well, why isn't there a White History Month? Care to hear a lot about that, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. What's, what's White History Month? <laughs> Get asked about it every year. Uh, I don't... Is, uh, this, is the Crowder-Shapiro thing still going on? Do you know? Uh, I think it's pretty much fizzled out. That was some fun drama, the, though. The... I, I despise Steve Crowder on so many different levels. That he did kind him get of, worked up and like actively doing, doing like the anti-working class thing. Like I'm not making enough money, and like actively doing like a leftist argument about the value he creates was so funny. Yeah, when he, he's so far right, he's left, but he's also arguing for 140 million dollars. That's not enough, man. I barely well, make enough the way it is. If that's how much, if that's how much money you're making, man. Get the fruits of your labor. Do you know how? Do so you this know is the how one much... time I will unironically side with uh, Steven Crowder. Yeah, I mean he's working pro class. Do you know how much his mug club subscriptions are every month? He sells these mug club subscriptions. It's it's thirty bucks a month. It's absolutely ridiculous and. Still <laughs> I... cheaper than Hustlers University. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you go on any review ever, like if you, I think if there's like an R slash like Crowder or something like that, like on Reddit. If you go basically any review of Mug Club, none of them get a mug. They all get scammed. They get added onto this like basically exclusive <laughs> Discord or exclusive YouTube, and they never get an actual mug or a T-shirt. It's just a scam. That's so funny. Like it's That's it's so rare. Funny. It's the rare side not to be scammed, but to actually like get the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a here's a. I didn't bring this up to you before we were doing our little planning, but I have an idea for a new segment here. Mm. Tucker Carlson story of the week. Ooh, there it is. Cigarettes, one. actually good. Oh, believe yeah. it or not, you might not believe it, but it's true. But it's true. You were the one that sent uh, me that, yeah, right? So, like the actual clip of it. Yep. So GOP has made it. I believe they. It's either has been proposed or passed to a new rule that would allow um, smoking on House floor. And Tucker Hog. Carlson was adamant. Very, very adamant in his defense of this. Um, he thinks it's great. He thinks cigarettes are the most American thing ever. Uh, he thinks we need all of them. He thinks the babies need them. Uh, you might not believe it, but it's true. Cigarettes are the best. Wait, but did you hear the, the he did he branched off of that with um, the anti-pot thing? Oh yeah, yeah. We could smoke all the pot. 
the pot's killing you. You know, the pot the pot is bad, but the cigarettes, the cigarettes are good. He literally used an anti-Semitic, like, like a Nazi propaganda thing. He literally used the word docile. It's to you. It's to make you docile and obedient. Yeah, to, to obey the government. But uh, but cigarettes they uh, they sharpen your mind. They make you strong. They make you resist authority. Toba- tobacco makes you free. Yeah. Nicotine makes you free. Well, so, I'm also bad. Hey, you heard it, kids. Yeah. Conservatives, I am. Um, I'm. You you heard him. Smoke all of the cigarettes. I want each of you. I want all of you conservatives to get out there and smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. You know, Daddy Tucker told you it's the way, and I think he's right. Only so, if you're only if you're conservative, though. <laughs> so if, uh, I actually haven't looked into too much into the house provision. So smoking is allowed on the house floor, but and in D.C., pot is legal. So could you just light up a joint on the house floor right now? Oh, I'm sure they uh, limited it in the provision to a uh, tobacco products. Can you imagine McCarthy going on the speak like tomorrow night at the State of the Union? He's sitting behind Biden. He just lights up a J. How cold would that picture be? <laughs> no, if Biden lights up a J on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> before we start, before we start, Jack, I gotta do this. Wait, my hands are shaking too much. <laughs> Come over here, light this thing for me. Snoop, get over here. Kamala, light this. Kamala, light this. <laughs> Kamala, get over here. <laughs> no, but Kamala's gonna put him in jail. She likes to jail people who do eat. That's true. If they if they smoke, <laughs> if they smoke pot, jail, instant. She does it though. You're it's black, okay. You're poor. You smoke weed. Jail. Did you inhale though? <laughs> yeah, I inhale. I I, I uh, need. I absolutely need some congressman just chooching a vape on the house floor. I need it. That I would need it, so it bad. would be pretty funny. They're doing like O's in the crowd. Like they're doing like the dude. Yeah, look at my mod right smoking. now. Matt Gates is gonna get a fucking. It's not even gonna be nicotine. It's just gonna blow fat clouds. It's, it's, just a zero, be, it's the zero neck smoke rings the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Or the or the most absurd like Gandalf length pipe you can ever find. It's like like taller than him. <laughs> oh my god! Incredible. I actually uh I actually didn't see this. It didn't pop up in my thing. So um you have you finally seen Vice? Have you finally seen it? I haven't watched it yet. No. You're breaking my I'm heart. Slacking, I know. I, I'll it, I'll try and make it the next movie I watch. Okay. Well, so in the movie, it, it like talks about this scene, and it's just a news story, whatever like that. So, during Dick Cheney's vice presidency, he went to Texas on a hunting trip, and yeah, he, he shot, shot somebody, didn't he? He shot someone in the ass from sitting down. He was really drunk, and and he shot and he, and he shot a guy in the ass. It was a lawyer, Harry Whittington. I'm just seeing right now. He actually died yesterday. Oh my God. He was 95, and. The, the most quintessential part of this, like, you know, typically someone shoots you, either A, they face legal repercussions, or B, at the very least, they apologize. Dick Cheney did neither of those things. In fact, Harry Whittington, the man that was shot, came out on national television the next day, or like, as soon as he was out of surgery, from being shot. He said, my family and I would like to apologize for any inconvenience that we had caused the Cheneys, and we hope you had a great time hunting with us. What? Wow. You're apologizing to him because you got shot? Excuse me? <laughs> hey, I, that is the most powerful man in the world at the time, so... That's true. He, he was the dictator. I'm sure that will be... As soon as you watch the movie, we're going to have to have an episode about just Dick Cheney and all of his brilliance. Um, okay, so <laughs> a couple more things before we can call this for this week. We talked about like a lot of news and stuff like that. Um... So I've been uh, applying to a lot of internships in the political and government sphere, and uh, some of them are really like really obscure. Like, so I applied to this one. It's like it's basically just a legislative assistant. I like get coffee or whatever like that. They didn't have an actual like place to, like put resumes or anything like that. It was like all through like the Wisconsin State Capitol like website. It was also just like just a really weird description. There's there was a thing called a qualifications like page. It was basically a letter of recommendation or like a letter of qualification kind of thing. Or cover letter, that's where it was for. I had never heard of it and neither had the entirety of the internet. I had to find one example from like an Indiana State post from like twenty five years ago about what it was. Like why make it so hard? <laughs> I suppose you were talking about uh lawyers and that brought me uh the other day in my political science class, we had a usually plus like a couple quotes, you know, that's like relevant to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We had a Rudy Giuliani quote, 
And I just want to know how, I don't remember what the quote was, but I want to know where our country went wrong that Rudy Giuliani is somebody we look to for political commentary. At least, at least tell me. It was like the post 9-11 Rudy Giuliani, like the one that was like America's mayor, not like the Trump lawyer guy. No, it was, it was like post 9-11 Giuliani. Okay, because at that time, it's still Rudy Giuliani, and he was elected, he was voted out the next, the next term. Like, so someone knew what was going on there. But, like, at least it was then, not now. But, yeah, like, look to someone else for a quote. Like, I know someone that, that needs to get motivation to the gym, and he uses Andrew Tate. Like, you can find gym motivation anywhere else. Come on. Yeah, come on. Um, speaking of political science, though, so I'm, I took the, I took, I took AP Gov with you. Wait, I think, do we both get five? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we both got five. But UW Madison won't take my five. They only gave me credit for a three. I don't know why. I talked to my counselor. They wouldn't give it to me. So instead of being tested out of this very introductory, very introductory level of poli sci, like I'm in 104. <laughs> I have to sit. I have to sit with these people that ha- like have no interest in A or have no knowledge of it. Like things that you're taught in like fifth, sixth grade. We're I'm in discussion today. It's like a class of, like 10 or 15 of us, and this TA is up there just writing the things on the board, and she's talking about things as if. Like spoon feeding, like information. Like, did you guys know before the Constitution there was a thing called the Articles of Confederation, and it didn't work. And then the Constitution has this thing called the Bill of Rights. Like it was base level oh, stuff right here, and it was. It, it, I just I had to slap my head against the wall. I'm like, really? You guys? We learned this so many years ago. But um, I I will say she did lead it in a couple of interesting questions that I have for you because we talked about it in our discussion group. So. We talked about the like the concept of like amendments. We're talking about the Bill of Rights. We're talking about amendments in general, the Constitution. Um, so we talked. We went around the room. Like, what amendment would you like? First of all, I'd ask like, do you think amendments are are easier, harder, or impossible to pass now than they were earlier? And I think it was basically consensus that they're basically impossible to pass anymore. They are impossible. Because you need two thirds in both House and Senate, or you need three or thirty four states, thirty five states to come come like come together and say, all right, let's amend the Constitution, which is yeah, never going to happen. To hold a convention like that is very difficult to like have the paperwork to do it. Exactly, and there'd be there'd be so many lawsuits to keep it from going through yeah, anyway. It'll never whatever happen. it is. But she went around. She's like, "All right, if you could amend the constitution, what would you do?" There were a lot of things. Like I added, like uh, I said, like term limits on judges and um, Congress people and stuff like that. Which obviously the Congress people are never going to pass and get rid of their own power. And uh, abortion was brought up, the debt ceiling, and then. The, six, uh, the vote is 16, which conveniently, like she actually brought it up, is a pretty bipartisan issue. Like, the only thing that's really holding it back is uh, Senate and congressional Republicans basically saying, well, young people vote blue. We can't have that happen for two yeah, more years. Exactly. So, do you think that, what, what, what would you amend, Bush? Do you have anything like, anything fun uh, like that? Off the top of my head is, I would change the 14th Amendment to completely outlaw slavery. Okay, wait, wait. I will, I will stop you right there. We were corrected by my brother. So, but you got schooled by a high school senior. It's the Did 13th I? Amendment. Oh, you got me. All right, that's yep. embarrassing. Yeah, Christian got you. All right, thank you, Christian. The third, I would, I would change the 13th Amendment to fully outlaw slavery. Mm. Um, and I, I agree. Term limits on senators on all elected officials. Um, I would make lobbying illegal. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I would make a lobbying. I would absolutely thirteenth amendment to start out, uh, and then I'd probably go lobbying, and then I'd go term limits. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think Pearson made an argument when we were in AP Gov that the next amendment that passes will be an abortion one, either pro or against. I don't see that ever happening. Well, at least it's, not in it, our lifetime. So here's the thing about abortion: is I, what is it? It's over sixty percent of the country is pro allowing abortions, right? It's something, it's something like it's that, It's yeah. something insanely popular, but yet it's divided entirely on party lines. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're, there's no way that the Democrats will ever have a supermajority in the House, Senate, and... Uh, do, do you need the presidency for amendments? No, the president is not involved at all in okay, this yeah, amendment. So there's no, there's no situation in the far foreseeable future that the Democrats have a supermajority in the House and Senate in order to get that pushed through. Mm-hmm. You're and even if they did, 67, like, yeah, in and, the Senate. even if they did, they wouldn't. 
No. <laughs> they, Democrats they, don't do anything. Because how else would they fundraise? That's also true. <laughs> I will never forget when Nancy Pelosi tweeted the day after the Dobbs decision. Guys, like she did the meme of, guys, abortion just got stricken away. Donate here if you want to see Democrats take it back. Come on. Yeah. Wait a couple of weeks. Wait till the election season. It's July here. You don't have to be the meme right away. Yeah, it's, um, no, yeah, the Democrats will forever be on, at least in my opinion, the right side of pretty much every social issue, but mm-hmm. they'll never do anything about it because that's how they get elected and that's how they fundraise. Yep. Well, you didn't vote hard enough for us. Got to donate more next time. Yeah. Yeah, so if it gets to the circumstance where they get a super, by some act of Satan or God, depending on what side you're on, that the uh, the Democrats have a supermajority in a position that they could pass the constitutional amendment, I, I still don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. I don't think abortion will ever be, I think it'll get revisited in the Supreme Court. If and when, like, when those judges eventually die. Yeah, uh, I think, but I, I, I think it'll get reintroduced. I don't think it'll be too long. I think it's going to be a suit that's going to happen, and I think it's going to be about somebody, uh, say somebody in Alabama crossing state lines in order to get an abortion in another state, because a lot of states are making laws against that, and mm-hmm. I don't think they can do that. So I think there'll be a Supreme Court case about that. Um, and I think that could end up in the decision that, depending on the judges, could reverse the Dobbs decision. Mm-hmm. She, um, my TA, also brought up something that, I don't know, I, I just disagree with. I guess you could make an argument either way. She was talking about the separation of powers and how, obviously, like when they were established, you don't want one branch to be more powerful than the other. And she, and she argued, she was like, I think it's done a pretty good job of that anything i would say probably the legislative branch is most powerful and i, and I raised my hand oh, like, absolutely you really don't think it's, it's the supreme court like no one reigns over them they whatever they say goes okay they know the people they can do that and guess what it's, it's basically as good as that because either they have the connection on the house or senate floor or if they don't like the legislation they'll just shoot it down as soon as it gets past the presidency's desk anyway like like right now like uh, take, take for example the student loan forgiveness uh, passed both Senate and the House, signed by signed by Biden. It should be in law immediately. A month later, it gets paused because the Supreme Court said, nope, can't do that, so we're going to review it. They have the ultimate say over everything because they have no checks and balances. Like, yeah, there's impeachment proceedings for Supreme Court justice, but it's never happened and it never will happen. Yeah, the president's like not going to get impeached. I, 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 uh, I'm Supreme curious Court's if you have any idea. I'm curious if you have any ideas on how to how to check the Supreme Court. So, there was a proposal. I don't think it actually ever went through, as far as I'm aware. But I saw this one. Basically, you have, like, Circuit Court of Appeals, like the lower court. You have them kind of vote on the decisions made by them to keep them in check. Like, okay, let's say that is up, the, the Dobbs decision. Like, you know what? If you, like, appeal a court, you go up and up and up all the way until you get to the Supreme Court, and that's the final final say. Let's say you let's say you appeal an item A and you make it all the way to the Supreme Court and they vote like a certain way of this. I think if you don't have like you can send it back to the circuit like the circuit courts and like you have like all twelve of them, fifteen I think it's twelve, but whatever it is, all of them vote on that decision. If it doesn't pass them, it's it's you have to retry or something. And then also yeah. another way to check them is is obviously termless. I would yeah I agree termless would be good. I, I mean, I, I, under, I like the idea of, fundamentally, the idea of lifetime terms and appointed judges to avoid the politics aspect of it. It sounds good on the surface, but has not been put into practice the way that it was intended. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I guess you could, the only way I can kind of think of it is um, if you see, like, the way that you can override a veto with a, a supermajority have that for the supreme court decision and maybe make it even steeper yeah but even then i mean like if you've got an all-conservative supreme court no Mm -hmm. democratic legislation will ever ever get pushed through i mean we'll never see that supermajority so it doesn't really matter it would just Mm -hmm. be on things that are like 
it would stop basically the Supreme Court from becoming a tyranny. Yeah. Because they would, okay, everybody would be like, all right, enough's enough, and push something through. But yeah, I, I think... You'd think. Yeah. That or... Uh, I don't know. I, I gotta... It's, it's so hard in, like, this two-party state that we have to try and propose ideas for non-biased judges. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can't elect them by popular vote. No, it's... it's... The appointment, I think the appointment process is okay. Should it be amended some way? Probably. Um, but I, I don't I don't think Supreme Court justice should ever be elected. I would agree with that. No, I agree. I agree with the appointment process, definitely. Well, uh, we're at about an hour. Um, anything else you want to say this week, or should we say it for uh, next week? Well, I think, we're, I think we've covered our bases for this week, and then some. We got a little bit of extra stuff that we didn't plan on, so I think we're mm-hmm. good. Yeah, we talked about the balloon talked about um uh there's an update already on the turkey thing on the the earthquake it's up to 3800 jesus yeah so it's it's getting worse by the hour um we will uh, probably talk about it next week too and then obviously we'll talk about state of the union and uh we might have our first guest on next week who knows we'll see but um other than that uh bush anything else you want to say uh nope um there's always Thank you for and everybody and anybody, if anybody who uh, listens. Um, yeah, exactly. Have a have a have a great week. Yeah, this has been uh, TLGR. Two lefties get it right. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.